0: You could lead him with a tread, but you couldn't drive him with an Irving Bell. Willie Lens- O'Connor and left Connor back to Kilkenny, nineteen ninety eight.
1: Feeling from a difficult angle. and uh, it's a great
2: point. There's a fight on for places down by the River North.
3: There was never a year like ninety eight. Every year you start out like you hope you're going
0: to win in all Ireland and it was no different in ninety eight. Like if you want to win something, it doesn't really matter who's over you. Or you're still going to give 100% yourself. But that
3: was hard to imagine early in July, when Kilkenny won another Leinster title. All I want
0: to do is try and win for Kilkenny and do 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 pride in yourself and your parish and your club. It's
1: the 56th title for Kilkenny.
3: Offaly gone.
1: The Offaly selectors, despondent. Babs, sitting there beside so the chairman of the Offaly County Board on the right. No doubt about it, Opelie will respond to this defeat in the wonderful sporting way that they always do. They're still in the All-Ireland Championship, remember.
3: We always want the summer to ignite, to explode into colour and passion and give us stories we can tell forever.
4: One of the probably traits of Offaly, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, is that we could compete with the best, but we can also let the weaker teams compete with us. Which meant that we weren't going to go out and trounce Mead or Down or Derry or any Dantrum or, 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 or these, and yet we could go out and we could match the, the, the Clare's, the Cork's, the Waterford's and, and, and that. So that was very unique, probably, and it's our, whether it's a mindset or that, I don't know. Johnny Pilkington, uh, midfield, Offaly, in 1998. Maybe it was the Offaly mentality, but listen, it's not a a be-all and end-all if we lose this game.
3: They were in through the back door, and then there was the heap of sheep.
5: Offaly Hurling is in turmoil today following the shock resignation of manager Babs Keating. In an interview with Radio Sport, Keating said that he met with the county board last night and had decided to stay but was shocked at a newspaper article today when key player Johnny Pilkington criticised him. It was then Babs decided that he could no longer remain on as manager. In the aftermath of Sunday's defeat by Kilkenny, Keating was critical of his players and said that Offaly were like sheep running around in a heap and stated the players' attitudes would need to change and wondered if he was wasting his time.
0: Maybe there was a big... um clash of personalities up there, like Offaly at the time like they had household names and hurlers up there and maybe they didn't see maybe
4: Babs what Babs was trying to teach and Babs then
0: was maybe from an older
4: school and... What really got to me was that he was the manager of Offaly, we were after losing the Leinster final and then you know we had some bad wides and some very bad wides on the day. We conceded two soft goals in the last 10-15 minutes and yet it just seemed that he was passing the book on to the players. And yeah, maybe it was the player's fault, but at the same time, he was the manager, he could have come down Tuesday night and said all that to us in the dressing room. Babs always referred to Offaly as as them. It was never such a thing as us. They were poor out there, they didn't do this and they didn't do that, you know?
5: Today Pilkington hit back and accused Keating of abandoning Offaly's ground hurling, and questioned his track record with Offaly and the tactics employed against Kilkenny.
3: This game is about us. There was never a summer like 98.
0: Well, it was a wonderful, we'll say summer, Far, we'll say, um, Horland that year. Maybe for more so for off the field stuff Watford coming through They lifted the thing Because Wexford were after winning Shortly before that Two years before that Clare was still there Everything lifted again. Babs going The referee making the mistakes The pulling we'll say At the start of the Waterford Clare game Hurling really hit the headlines in 98 like. Some of it was for the wrong reason pushed.
3: But all of that was still to come Awfully turned to an unlikely saviour Bond Michael Bond
4: Michael Bond came on the scene in about a week, I think. Dogged out in the dressing room and off we went. We just, he just said his name was Michael Bond and he likes Offaly Hurling, he likes the way we do it and let's go on train. No one knew who he was No one knew what credentials he was No one knew where he came from And and that All we knew was that He was a teacher Or someone told us he was a principal He had the Irish You know telling us that Where you'd have your trainer Running and pulling it He was brushed to gee And this was going on during training So he brought it was a bit of life back into The training sessions The training sessions had In terms of their tempo as well Now at the same time You're talking about a bunch of lads here That were down at the bottom of the bar we were after speaking out against the manager So now the responsibility was on us to, to pick it up It wasn't anyone else's fault, only the, the 30 lads that were there So in that kind of, that spirit then as well So Michael Bond came in I mean, I remember two weeks after that And think training was going great And we were buzz in it and life was in it We thought we were great lads again And we went down to play the uh, Kilkenny in a challenge match and they gave us a worse hiding than they did in the Leinster final. So <laughs> we were coming out of that then, and I said, what the bloody hell is going on now, you know? An old woman often told me about you could
0: lead him with a tread, but you couldn't drive him with an iron bear.
2: I have a feeling that Paul Flynn will blast for the goal. Second game. The, blast and the, ball
3: the, the sun left. shone on
6: Monster. Paul
2: Flynn, the scorers, and the team's on level.
6: Paul the- Flynn, forwards, 1998. I think we were losing at half time we came back with him in a couple of points um I remember James O'Connor going on a solo run down the field the whole length of the field under the new stand and Brian Green going after him like and Brian Green was a probably one of the fastest lads in our team but he couldn't keep in to, to James and he, and he, it was a fantastic score but I just remember saying to myself Jesus like what a what stamina you know the fitness levels these fellas have it was a, a, a magic score but the outstanding memory, I suppose, the chance that we had to win it uh, in the very end. Boyhood dreams of kind of having a free or something to win a Monster final.
2: My name is John O'Leary. In 2008, I was elected uh, Secretary of the Water County J. JA Board, which is a great honour for me and my club and my family indeed. It was a total sellout out the game. There was an excess of 50,000 people in Semple Stadium. Uh, from the time Paul Flynn hit that ball that may, could have uh, given us victory by a point, Uh man that took the game out of the fire on Waterford on many, many occasions. He couldn't be expecting to score from 111 yards. Or could he on this day of wonders? I can still see that ball sailing, sailing. Will he go for the greatest glory in the history of Waterford? It seemed as, as if I was on my own in the stand, because there wasn't a whisper from nobody uh, while the ball was being uh, lifted and while it was in flight. So it, uh, looking back on it now, it seemed as if uh, I was just there on my own, as if it, the whole world stopped and there wasn't a sound. It's on its way It's rising It's rising it's Then the indication came Of course away. the war From the Clare crowd Meant well uh, The day was safe for them It went wide From 110 yards I can still see that
6: ball Sailing, sailing Into
2: injury time I have a feeling That we'd all be back here Shortly again For the replay Didn't
6: go our way Kind of Drifted off wide And uh, Boyhood dreams Of kind of You know there, there was The chance of beating Clare And I suppose That was the day to do it You know When the when we we kind of stuck into them in every way, we were nearly as fit as them. We were kind of um, we were probably the better hurling team, but you know you don't get a ch- your chance to play a lot of hurling against a team like Clare. But you know with the the lads in the midfield, they had just sheer you know powerhouses like Ollie Baker and a fantastic centre back Sean McMahon, and you know every Clare back was you know not alone a good hurler, but they had they had plenty of other attributes to go with it. But um we kind of matched them and kind of outscored them in a small way, but you know, still, that was probably our best chance to, to, uh, to win that day. But we all know what happened the second day. Fergus clear Castle, County, Clare, wing forward, victorious
7: Clare team, ninety five, ninety seven. I think the psychological barrier had turned with us that if you if you get a chance to wrestle at a favorite and you don't win, you know, you feel you have lost it and. Loch Nanny himself would have described it as as wild caged animals and stuff like that, you know, and, and it wasn't for, for the soft soft approach. But uh, we hopped on the bus. I remember we gone back into to um, the King Koro Hotel, having having a team meeting there, and, and Loch Nan bringing us out because the place was kind of full of supporters and to a lovely garden out the back steps down and absolutely red right as the riot act. And you know, there was a few people here eavesdropping as well and he didn't care, like, you know, he just read us right like that kind of performance. We thought the performance was adequate enough, like, but we were amateur compared to what he was where he was coming from, like he was he he had standard setting. So we went back and we regrouped the training and, and training was very intense then. But it was quite intense I wouldn't say we did too much physical or or too much hurling in between, but there was lots of there was lots of spiffs, like there was lots of chats and it was all directed in one direction for for Watford,
8: I could feel a tension atmosphere all around the ground and people standing up and I said
3: Game three. It felt like the crowd was on the pitch. The skies opened.
8: And I felt maybe because of the previous game, both teams were, were de- there, if you like, to put on a marker and maybe that's where the marker was set at the very start of the game. And my name is Willie Barrett from our Finland, Tipper area. In 1998, I was the referee for the, the month of the final of that year between Clare and Waterford. I was also the referee for the replay in Tullis uh, a week later. But it's 10 years on. You could feel it. I don't know
6: what it was that day. It was lashing rain, but you could feel when we came out onto the pitch, there was just something, I don't know, was it? I know people have said it to me in the past. Looking, They felt an uneasiness in the stand or something, but I could actually feel it on the pitch. There was a kind of a buzz or a anticipation. I don't know what it was, but it was kind of a a different atmosphere than previous matches or other matches, but as it turned out, there was.
0: So, too, does Fergus Toohey, four-point hero of the 1995 All-Ireland final win. So, out of the clear
8: attack... I recall before I went out in the field that that I remember being told by council officials to ensure before the ball was thrown in that everyone was in their um, correct uh, dugouts and sitting down and not have fellas running around the touchline or running around the sideline etc so everyone was to be seated as I went out on the field and had a look around uh, it was drawn to my attention I, th- I think it was my linesman Pat O'Connor drew to my attention that people were not in their dugouts we'll
9: be keeping you right up to date from everywhere but the match has started a wee bit early at Thurlis again let's go straight to Michal yes indeed and it hardly was
2: broken before the game
8: even started the and then I went down to the clear dugout to insist that they go into the well, designated area in the dugout
0: and uh, we do know that there are strict uh, guidelines today on pitch incursions once again Willie Barrett is the man in the middle for a mighty Munster final replay confrontation and a mighty confrontation too between the elements in their full raging force wind and rain that adds to the tension and the drama and the excitement
8: now, I remember looking out at the crowd and the crowd were getting very excited and there was fierce tension in the game there was absolutely fierce tension and I looked back and I, I could see that people, players were getting to know each other so with that I moved out to the centre of the field as that I call it and I, I threw in the ball almost immediately to get the play moving and take, try and take the tension out of the game. At the start, there was a lot of pulling went on. I remember quite a bit of pulling, and um, I awarded a free to Waterford.
7: It was rushed, and all you're doing is pulling in like a referee should be. I, I would feel myself be looking at him, staring him, telling him, we're on, lads, instead of just, he's back to him, turning around and didn't he? Bang! You don't even know whether the ball goes in straight. Will it go two yards over your man's shin? Will it go two yards over your shin? All you're doing is pulling it in, like And, and everyone was wanting it. It was you could smell it in the crowd, like you know. It was pull, 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 and, and just see where the ball was going to end up, like and
2: Waterman won the toss. It's a crossfield breeze. The rain pumping down.
7: And they were up there as well, equally, but uh, our, our intensity, maybe
8: the wild animal that, that he wanted us to be, came out us. We had a difficulty. I had a difficulty getting the ball away from the centre of the field to get out the game, but I awarded a free to Walford I'm
10: Not sure who's guilty or anything like that.
8: The game was. Very tough in the opening, maybe seven or eight minutes to it. Dan
0: Shanahan put out by Liam Doyle, his second touch of the game. Crossfield breeze, the rain pumping down. And a first touch. Down the hall white Brian Flannery, who's playing at right full-back. The ball picked up by Paul Flynn near the sideline. Paul Flynn, his first touch. Pulled on him. Does well to Pulls, He gets inside the twenties round there and stay in play. He showed wonderful balance. Then the ball ran away from that him.
2: Drops the ball, gets it again. Sackles out to the 21 on the old stand side. A shot from Flynn. And off, off his left side, gloriously
0: taken. The ball, it's over the ball by Paul and out comes David to the 14 yard line. Men on.
8: on the 6th minute of the game Emily broke out and and I remember um the two players involved um booked them and sent them off they were Brian Lohan and, and Michael White uh they were involved in, in this and I, I felt they had to go so I sent off both players and but
6: well, it got out of hand before the ball was turned
8: in from there on, the concentration certainly was was on the ball and. Like you I mean, I don't like talking about other GA players, but I think
6: what Peter Queeley went through before the ball was even left Willie Barr's hands has no place on a on a GA pitch. You know, there was a, a ball down the corner and Tony Brown got flattened off the ball, by by the same player. Like, I personally I was sickened and disgusted by it, but like um to me hurling is a is a skill game, not a a game where those type of tactics have to be used you know so the game went on you know Brian Lowen and my hall white got sent off um probably because of went what went before the claire were just physically stronger more experienced that day they got a grip around midfield i think and their half back line was fantastic but they they were more used to that type of occasion i think that winning hurling matches by not playing hurling is is kind of an art in itself we we had a great motto on ourselves we seized the day
10: and it's a pity if this day with that, there's another Waterford player struck in the 50-yard line. It's Tony Brown. He's
2: gone to the ground. If the linesman were anyone saw that, they would certainly be put off. And this is a dreadful display of bad temper by the players on both sides but we, we knew
7: we knew 10 15 minutes to go that we we were on them like and we got a run like and he appeared to
2: be minding his own business and it wouldn't surprise me if a player or two lost very
7: very early there's no way Waterford we'll going to come back on that specific day no?
0: Uh, Martin Coyne is down there on the side We
7: were dominating every every physical battle that day. Yes,
0: uh,
5: Tony Tony Brown is on the ground over there hall. There's a quite a number of players, and John McCarthy is in there now as well. There's a number of fair players being spoken to, and I know that Ollie Baker ran across in front of John McCarthy, trying to stop him from going over to Tony Brown. This is quite unbelievable.
9: We
7: we we didn't think anything of the Colin Lynch. That until until really it kicked off the following day on, on the Desi cattle show there, because but I remember looking at the paper the following day and there was Colin Lynch and Tony Brown and their jerseys off and I'd say they probably have had them even swapped at that stage and they were embracing each other like flesh on flesh like and and John uh, Lockname was able to tell us that the manager John McCarthy he'd come over with about three three minutes four minutes to go and shook his hand on the line and say like you know better team won in the day and. And that was all. The game was over, as far as we were concerned. And um, until the next day,
8: it did literally kick off, like, you know. I think the gas ran on uh, when the final was over. But I do not recall anyone actually even coming to me at the final whistle For me, either water or clear about anything. I am blowing the final whistle, coming into the restroom and talking off. I would maybe talked to my umpires after the match immediately after the, but I noticed one thing that the umpires weren't talking much after the match I deducted from that that they, they weren't happy with the performance because I know my, my heart and soul they often said to me well done good match and I remember someone come into the rest of I can't remember who it was and he said there was things happened out there that shouldn't have happened so I remember coming out then and you know, going to my car after the match and and Nobody, nobody said a word to me and from any side nobody said a word to me. I, I remember I stayed in the restroom for maybe, had a shower and all the usual for maybe three hours of an hour after the match and went to my car and went away. Went away home. And that was it.
7: I heard that sports call but at the, at the time we probably laughed about it, you know, you know how good it would affect anything like you know it was but it did definitely picked up momentum like it flew out the door then, like, and it was awful. It was awful, and and maybe Desi was just throwing it out as a, as an old, you know, something to people driving home in their car from work and ringing, give us a chat. Like, but well, Jesus, I don't know, but was, was there any call aloud from Clarendon?
9: Monday,
3: the 20th of July, there, Sports, call Sports Call explodes. on
9: This Monday evening, we've had a huge reaction already. Tom Murphy, a presenter of Sports Call at the time, which went out on a Monday evening after the weekend's matches. Three in one sentence there. Uh, you can call us on the usual telephone numbers 1850 85 double seven double. I was presenting Sunday Sport on the Sunday afternoon on RT Radio, and I mean, as soon as we handed over to our commentary team, you could tell that the the, the air was bristling before. Before the ball was even thrown in, of course, all hell broke loose, uh, which came across very vividly in our radio commentaries. And I was watching the pictures on the screen. I was thinking to myself, we're going to have a great sports call programme tomorrow evening. Han,
2: you have, no, I had five children with me at the game yesterday. And for the first time I went to matches in 35 years, I was actually afraid.
9: Of I knew straight away. As to what could develop. This is a big talking point. This is going to really.
2: Well, what could have developed? God only knows. You saw the
9: lunatic. In the build up to the game, because we'd been hearing about the fact that Claire weren't going to be pushed around and there wasn't going to be a, any kind of a, a walkover from, from either side. Now, he pulled across Tony Brown. We had a recording system, so we were able to, apart from the calls that came in live while the programme was on air, people were able to leave messages on a, a recorded uh, phone system and we would then subsequently get back to them.
5: And I mean, the antics of him before the, before the game
9: started. Are you talking and, about the incident with Tony Brown? That's correct,
5: yes. He actually hit Tony Brown t- across the back of the leg. hit another warthogler. And then he, he's a one man.
9: Well, are you being a bit harsh on Colin Lynch? I'm yeah, certainly not. And that's instantly. What, that, that set the trend. We started for, getting phone calls about this uh, incident. And the one thing that struck me when we came in the following morning, there were probably three or four times the normal volume of calls on our recorded system that we would normally have. So it took a long time to actually go through them all. I
2: Tony Brown 25 minutes ago and the chap I'm telling you you should see
11: him tonight. today with who is to blame Feeling off, and I would feel ashamed of my life you really to we've feel so many thing.
9: people we want to get in on this I know that one last thing we are not
11: bitter over losing a monster fight. I'm a national school
2: teacher of a long but we are bitter over the treatment that was dished out and if it was the other way around we'd be lambasted by man. Now
9: Canada. David, no, well you can't say that can't David. You can't say that You just cannot say that. They played man, some no, superb no. hurling in the second sure, half. Why
2: wouldn't they? I mean, what,
5: what happened In, in, in the terrible first
9: th- conditions and they played great what stuff. What
5: happened in the first three minutes just
9: he, he then turned the around He then turned around
5: Is hurling become such a dangerous game oh, now I in the bully boy game
9: I think it's very sad. And the one thing that struck everybody on the production team was the fact that so many calls were either from Waterford or from neutrals uh, making comments about the approach that Clare had taken to the the start of the game. And very few calls had come in in support of the Clare players or from people uh, from the county of Clare. Obviously, we're striving for some kind of balance in the programme. But 90, I would say a good 90% of the calls that came in were either, as I say, from Waterford or from neutrals who had a very negative view of the tactics that Clare had approached on the day.
11: Loch was reported in today's paper saying that, you know, the nutters were going to phone up the, the radio stations.
5: He had gone written all over. I think,
11: for example, it's grossly... Uh, offensive to see that sort of thuggery going on on a field, and people standing up for it and apologising. You reckon for that it.
9: the monster council just won't have the the the, the to this. do anything
5: <laughs> about it? Daily, heat, Shanahan went down. Holy Shanahan got up, and he hit Holy daily. Holy well, back
9: here. David, you are entitled to your view, but you can't state that as a matter of fact. We, well, we can. It,
5: it, that is your of See the holly be broken with a man-to-man clash A good man-to-man shoulder. We all love to see that in Monster,
9: Monster hurling. Millions of calls here from Waterford. 0345857D. Uh, uh, yeah. But, but have what about Sherlock Nan's point, and Elizabeth? And that, you know, a lot of people on this programme for okay, the last. Well, it sounds anti like a very anti-Claire programme tonight. I'm sorry about this, Josh. Millions of calls here I
6: in or or you know, I,
8: I, I'd I have to say, and be honest about it, you know, the, the criticism on the paper of me in particular, which I, I'd have to, you know, say, if you're refereeing the match, you've obviously got to take the criticism, and uh, affected me, I'd have to say, it affected me that particular year, and I wasn't appointed to any further inter-county games in that particular year. You know, you had to perform, and you still have, but... The letters I got from, obviously, people were annoyed, And I didn't answer the phone. I stopped answering the phone then after a while. My wife took the calls. And unfortunately, she got the brunt of it. It was a difficult time. My daughter was in France, and I decided... We booked a flight and went out with the young boy. I got away from it all. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a very difficult time. Somebody once said to me, it's nice to have your photograph in the paper. Well, I picked up the paper for, got a paper for the next 12, 13 days, and I saw my photograph on it every day. And I was just, it didn't add anything to me, I can assure you that much. I just wanted to become oblivious, if you like have to admit that it deeply, deeply affected me. And I didn't know at that time whether I'd have the confidence to go on refraining that. But you know you get one chance in the GA field of, of making decisions on any given day, on any Sunday, in any match, and you know you can't change anything. Absolutely nothing that night or the day after anything like that.
7: Then we did then we did circle the wagons after that, like and letting down the hatches. We were in an all semi final at that stage, we were preparing in for um awfully and because we were so young but maybe the management were a bit older and wiser. They had seen that develop with other county teams as well and I remember Joe saying that he, he wanted us to be like the meet footballers that, you know, everyone did hate him and maybe... we were always coming from where they needed an edge anyway to be honest. You know, if, we, if it was the opposite, opposing manager if it was the opposing dressing rooms, anything at all, we were looking for an edge, you know, because we were starved for success as well. Like, you know, we just... You know, many of the team had just gone out and played Hurland and maybe it wasn't enough, so we were just looking for an edge. And, and uh, he, he he wanted us to be, he said he'd like to be like me footballers there where everyone in the country did hate him. 5th of
3: August, two days before the Munster Council meet to decide on Colin Lynch. Four days before the All-Ireland semi-final, Gerlach Nana answers back.
10: At the All Ireland Quarter Final in uh, in Dublin on less than the week, uh, the Chairman of the Clare County Board was sitting in the VIP section of the stand, mm-hmm. seated directly behind. No, him we were, won't mention any <coughs> names. No, uh, we're mentioning no names. I understand. I'm going to mention no names. Seating behind him, they said directly behind him were three priests. Right? They discussed. They weren't watching the match, obviously. Their main uh, discussion was on the Clare team, which went on the lines that. The Clare team were tinkers, Loch was a tramp and the Clare team must be on drugs. This was the general tenor of their conversation. When one of the the priests then piped up and he said, don't worry, the Monster Council were going to get Loch up in the stand the next day and that Colin Lynch would be suspended for three months. Now remember that this event took place three days uh, before the Monster Council met to discuss the referees report are to discuss this incident. Mm. Now, so what it would seem was that a small group within the Monster Council must have met to discuss this. They tried Colin Lynch, they found him guilty, they delivered the sentence and announced the, deci- the decision to, 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 to their friends, to a, however, to, to a select few, before the meeting took place. Now, mm. what's that? Now, if this happened in a court of law, if a judge had a case coming before him, and if he announced the decision of her, that he was going to give before the case came before It'd him... He'd be disbarred. The, co- ...the judge would be disbarred. Why shouldn't those officers pay the same penalty for not giving due course to the law and not giving fair play to Colin Lynch? Okay.
4: At that point in hand, there's a number of the national media joining us uh, throughout the country this morning. They will naturally say, Gerard Nan living in
10: the realm of fantasy, he's been watching too many episodes of The X-Files. Can't, do you have proof? I don't even know what The X-Files is, is about. I, I, I have the clue what The X-Files is. I never watched The X-Files. Maybe that is some kind of fantasy. I have proved as he said. I have two witnesses that, 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 that witnessed this, uh, this incident, and not alone that, but one of them, the chairman of the Clare County Board, challenged the three priests and then walked out. Well, so this incident definitely t- t- took place.
3: The day before the Munster Council meeting, Marty Morrissey meets Chair.
1: Do you think the Munster Council has a certain agenda against you personally, Gerlach Nan, and the
10: Clare team? Going on the referees' report and the linesman's report, both Colin Lynch and Tony Brown were booked for rough play. We have a copy of that report. Now, it looks like that the Munster Council are behaving in a way in which one person is only going to be penalised.
1: Is there any way that Colin Lynch can get off on Friday night?
10: If the natural rule of justice prevails, that a man is innocent and then proven guilty, if that prevails, which is one of the basic rights of every human, every person on this island, and one of the rights that people have fought and died for, if that prevails, then Colin Lynch will be playing for Clare on Sunday.
1: It has been announced officially that Sherlock Nan will not be on the sideline. What effect does that have, do you think, on you and indeed on the team? It has no effect,
0: whatsoever. Can this young awfully
11: side upset the Clare bandwagon? We assess the mood in Clare...
3: 8pm on the night of the Munster Council meeting. Sideline view. And we're live from Limerick as Donnie Nealon and his Munster Council colleagues meet Clare's Colin Lynch.
11: He's before the Munster Council tonight in Limerick and there's much speculation that he could get a three-month ban for his actions in the Munster final replay. And that meeting is taking place right now at the Limerick Hotel. So let's go there live and join Marty Morrissey. Marty, what's happening?
1: Good evening, uh, Des. Welcome to the Limerick Inn, where the Munster Council is uh, now underway. That meeting has started. Uh, I can reveal exclusively that Clare went to the High Court today seeking a postponement of tonight's meeting so that Colin Lynch, the Clare midfielder, could face his accusers. But that uh, effort failed in the High Court. The sad news, unfortunately, is that there's been a traumatic period for Colin Lynch with all this media speculation. But last Monday, his grandmother suffered a stroke and just hours ago, the life support machine was turned off. And we send our sympathies to Colin Lynch and the family. Earlier uh, just around half 6 or so this evening delegates from the Monster
3: Committee In a bizarre twist arrived, it turned out that Colin Lynch's Monster grandmother had not in fact died Marty apologized
11: Chair manager Nan, who was not requested to attend the meeting arrived with chairman Robert Frost and County secretary Pat Fitzgerald it's and told reporters that Lynch would not attend because of a family illness then looknann and the two county officers adjourned to a side room having according to the council unsuccessfully requested as a group to inform them why Lynch didn't attend a standoff ensued with Claire refusing to tell council why Lynch was absent after midnight it's council, council to to pro to father to Seamus Gardner said a decision time. on Lynch wouldn't be revealed until the player himself was informed.
10: was more frank. the first comments I made in that interview was that she was going to get three months. What happened tonight? He got three months. No represent- representation allowed from Claire. player. You can draw your own conclusions about that. You know, and people all over the country can just ask themselves one question. The one ask- question i asked myself to come over here tonight is, do I want my young fella to be a member of, of an organisation like this?
7: No no we didn't think we could lose you know I suppose we had got the wake up call on the first day against Waterford as well so that wasn't going to happen anymore like you know and you know there'll, there'll always be an incident in training that would sharpen the minds maybe something that would get it them best or something that might be thrown off the panel for some misdemeanour and, and that would sharpen everyone up again like you know be a foot soldier sacrificed along the way because anyone that wasn't focused would have, would have been shafted from it like you know there was no baggage you know sometimes you see teams that win All-Irelands the, they have an entourage, you know, with him in a circus, but there definitely was no package with this, this clear team, like Nan wouldn't stand for, like, you know, what he wanted was hurlers and, and people in that frame of mind. I suppose that Joe that Nan had been banished to the stands as well when he came out on the pitch. It was like I'd never seen it before. He'd walked. We, we went to... When he came out the tunnel of, of, of the steps of, of the Cusick stand, we were on the left-hand side, and he walked out towards the 21, like, in the. Cameras were just clicking, 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 and they were running back and those getting pictures, pictures, pictures of him. And it was real, real, you know. I know the players were the centre of attention, but it was he was definitely definitely up there with us, like, you know. And uh, then I had to go back and, and take his seat there beside us in the dugout. And uh, I was summoned in from the bench there about the start of the second half, and they asked me, Where did I want to go? You know, I would have been a wing for us in the world. I just said put me in there on the wing S's. And I fortunate enough I sport about one two and twenty minutes, put this. Uh. August 9th,
3: Crook Park, Hoffley and Clare, All Ireland semi-final. It was boiling hot. But there was also a sense of relief
4: that we'd got that far. Johnny Pilkington when Gerald Man had taken his eye off the ball altogether. Maybe he's just taken Offaly for granted. That, well, this and Offaly have gone, they've done their best, their manager is gone as well, and maybe he took the eye off the ball. Maybe if it was Kilkenny that they were coming into that semi-final, you wouldn't have got the reaction out of Gerlach Nan. Maybe if it was Galway, you wouldn't have got the reaction out of Gerlach Nan as it did. So, I mean, Clare definitely came into that game, not with their eye on the ball, far from it. And uh, so it was our opportunity. To, to, to take it to them. Claire were lucky in the end that, that, that they got a point from a, a debatable free to draw it. I think with five minutes to go or five five or six minutes to go, Claire were actually ahead. Now, they will tell you they didn't play that well. Destiny is, is, is something I, I kind of believe in. Went off on a solo run earlier on in that about 10 minutes to go. And again, as usual, ran into a dead end and lost the ball and, and that. And it was too knackered to get back out to the middle of the field. And in our team itself can rotate. I mean, you know, you just say to Poddy, on here, Poddy, just tip out there for five minutes and, and off he will. Or, you know, or Johnny Dooley, any of them. I mean, we could do that. And uh, while I was in corner forward, we got a free. David Fitzgerald batted it out and he batted it up. He, Straight in front of him, so he just jumped up and tapped it in. And that brought Afterly, i clear were actually, I think, two points or three points ahead of that stage, so that brought us back level and lifted afterly or the whole team lifted again. And I got back out then to the middle of the field and got another ball, went in a run and uh, tapped it over the bar.
11: On towards Johnny Pilkington, the man who got the goal. Here comes Pilkington! 20 metres out, he's put it over the bar! Johnny Pilkington with a goal and a point! And awfully lead by a point. Awfully, had shown us no form whatsoever this year.
4: That, that was to put was us a point ahead, right, or I think, or, or to or that, you know. So we were coming in from a team again with three or four points, probably two or three points behind. We'd still got it and we'd gone ahead. And it was up to the clear then to, to get the free, to, to, to draw it.
11: Jamie has got five out of seven frees so far. This the most crucial... This to make it level. He's done it. James e. O'Connor with six points, and it's 113 to 113. Now it's at the discretion of the referee. They've been level seven times.
4: So I suppose both sides at the end of it all were, were happy coming out with a draw. Uh, we would have probably been disappointed that we didn't get the win. Um, so that would have put us back psychologically a bit in, in, in the second game. Um, but um, Clare were, were delighted. You know, they hadn't the ball. They were missing Colin Lynch. They were missing Brian Lohan. And um, they're after drawing, but awfully.
10: I, I hope all those people who castigated Clare over the past few weeks feel a little bit guilty now about what they said. There was the dirty stroke struck out there today. Two great teams that battled it out to the line. It ended in the draw, and we'll have another day. Thank you very much, Gerald Okay. Well,
11: there's no doubt about it. everything that's been said.
3: Everything... August the 15th.
1: The massive car bomb in Oma exploded at ten past three in the heart of the town's busy shopping area at the junction of Drumrah Avenue and Market Street. A telephone warning earlier saying the bomb was at the courthouse 400 yards away meant that many people were evacuated from the courthouse end of the town and inadvertently walked straight into the path of the bomb. People who were on the scene almost immediately described what they saw as a battlefield with bodies lying on the road and in and around the shattered buildings. Rescuers tore hoardings off windows to use as makeshift stretchers. So great was the number of the casualties two buses were used to ferry those who could walk to the Tyrone
5: County Hospital. It was actually horrible to actually look at it. How many people do you, did you...? Oh, i have seen at least 20, 20 people all just lying there. I mean, people were asking me for help and there was one lady, her arms were just hanging off. And I mean, it was, there was nothing I could do, you know, you just felt helpless, you know, saying to them, the ambulance is coming in. actually the shock, but I, I, I escaped, I was so lucky, sitting at those lights, 10-15 yards away, my car was in the and it was The scene was utter carnage, it was just a battlefield, there were people lying
3: everywhere on the ground, there were people screaming, there were children screaming for their parents, people running in all directions. Saturday August the 22nd, after much agonising the replay went ahead, there were three minutes silence and an air of unreality in Croke Park, people wondered what we were doing there. For a while it seemed to affect the players.
8: Yeah it's a hard one to call, the atmosphere is unreal first of all like you know and uh Everyone's thoughts in an old man. and often have their own problems today as well. Because your party here, father died very suddenly,
1: and he would be a brother of Pod's, the selector. So they'd have, you
4: know. We were stuck population. in traffic uh, for about three quarters of an hour, so we only arrived into Crow Park at maybe three o'clock, with a match on at half tree. There was supposed to be a three minutes of uh, silence. And the two teams were supposed to be out in the field. When you go back and you look at it, you'll see the Clare team, the whole panel there, out in their tracksuits, and the Offaly lads, burton And the reason was that we were back in in the dressing room, just getting tugged out.
12: Jimmy Cooney is my name, and uh, I refereed the All Ireland semi final between Clare and Offaly in nineteen ninety eight. Well, I suppose the most thing that stick out in your mind was it was the fierce determination that Clare had the second day. Uh, they felt that they didn't hurl well the first day and they got out of jail by getting a draw out of it and I'd say that they were out to make amends on the second day and they were hurling out of their skins. Got some great scores. We all know what Offaly did in the past and you know, was always capable of doing both in hurling and football. You could never write them off until the final whistle they'd go. They were, they were coming, they were coming and they were coming hard at Clare towards the, towards the end of the game. They were coming back at Clare.
4: We were at nothing, we were at sea. Um, but in the second half again we went back out and you just start chipping away you probably you, you don't believe that you're going to get back this 10 point lead but what you do though is that you just keep chipping away you take your points uh, another point and another point and all of a sudden there's 6-7 points in it you know Billy Dooley scrambled a goal or, or whatever and now all of a sudden there's only 5 or 6 points in it you know and I think we got a second goal then as well so all of a sudden we were 10 points down and now you're in shouting distance and you're in shouting distance with a good fight minutes left in the game.
11: Offaly, who never really yielded to any opposition, even to the Munster and All-Ireland champions, gave it the role in the second half, had to make up an eight-point
4: gap. So there's nothing to say. You get a ball and you bang, you put it over the bar, there's three points in it, and there's two, and then there's one, you might get a going and go ahead. So you just keep chipping away. And that's, that's what we did, is it, chipping and chipping and chipping.
11: And the referee has blown up his whistle, but I think he's blown up before time. I think there are two minutes
4: left. Would we have got a goal? We don't know. A lot of teams have felt the pain of us getting the goal down through the years.
11: But on my watch here, there are another two minutes to go.
4: You can say that Alan Markham had the ball, he was just about to put it over the bar. You could say that that's only four points, and still within shouting distance, you know.
11: Well, it's handshakes all around.
4: Jimmy blew up and was whisked off the feeling. To me, when he did blow the whistle, to me, right, that was it. Because I felt that, you know, we were bet by... We were bet by a, The clear team were better that day. We were better in the first half. And, and you know, we just ran out of time as it felt and we, we clawed it back a bit, but we, were, but we ran out of time and that's the end of it. Good luck. That's
12: the summer over again.
11: I can tell you that the teams for the next match are already out on the field.
12: And then I saw my umpire coming out and he had his hand up with his five fingers out. And then I thought to myself, oh, Jesus.
11: Jimmy
12: Cooney's escorted off the field. I mean, all the photographers were nearly pushing one another out of the way to get a photograph of me. After that, shoot sure, was hell of a loo altogether.
1: There has been a lot of controversy read recently, but this is one that they didn't create. Oh, the charges uh, exactly, but I mean, I mean, often the, the people here, as you can see, are very angry. And why wouldn't that be, that you know? you they be? Exactly.
10: They, they, they feel they have been begotten. And, and, I mean, a mistake has been made. No doubt about
4: that. It was only upstairs in Crow Park, you can look out into the field. It was just there at the, the premium level, you know. And uh, it was only up there for There like, people going on down in the field. So I went uh, looking out and says, Jesus, all these lads going on the field, what are they going to do?
12: There's five minutes left. Uh, then we go to the dressing room, then we go in and we're inside and there's silence. We know we're wrong. Then there's some of the security lads come in telling us that the awfully people are out on the pitch and they're digging up the pitch and... Oh God I say this is getting worse by the minute then. You think you'd after to cause it, all this and this is Croke Park? And the young person told me that I didn't talk in for about two hours. I don't remember that. I remember my wife coming down from the stands and she was eventually let in maybe after about an hour. She was crying, of course. Um, I didn't know I didn't know what state I was in. See, so you're crying and you're, you're crying because of, of what has happened, but then you're, you're worrying as well about what is going to happen. Then they the, the said, can you talk in anyway? Like, put on your clothes, take a shower, talk in. And eventually I did that, but I didn't really want to either. I didn't know what I was really doing. and Then... Uh, the, the Croke pack were anxious to get a referee's report as quickly as they could. So they asked me, would I be willing to do my referee's report uh, there and then? And I said, I, I don't have any problem with that. So then they put me into a, a room on my own and they gave me as much time as I wanted. And I did the referee's report and I put it into a sealed envelope and the official took it away with them. And then after a while, they asked me, would I what did I want to do or something I said if I got a pint of Guinness this minute I said and I wouldn't take it down in my head I said my tongue is gripped to my head so then the, the um, security said we'll take you up to one of the bars and we'll get you a pint of Guinness at like the young person and that and then they're talking and walkie talkies to one another and we go up on the lift and when we arrive in a bar um, they call a the pint of Guinness for me and then there were a number of people there and they must have thought I was going to be in trouble there as well because they whipped me away from there again and I had to leave a pint of Guinness after me. <laughs> the next thing, they said, uh, the best decision to do now is we go to some hotel nice and quiet and we'll have a bite to eat and yeah, we went down to the Ashling Hotel and that was nearly as bad. We got in there and it was coming up near, it was actually news time and I was flashed across to see the screens, news time. And the waitress was going around taking orders, and she looked at the television and she looked at me and she looked again and I knew what was in her face and her, in her mind. Are you the lad that's coming up there? And before she got a time to say, and then I said, Yes, that's me, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to get home. I knew I had no business in Dublin. I was also made aware, like, that there possibly could be consequences with, with you know, phone calls, and we had a very young family at the time, very, very young, four young kids. I wanted to be at home. To be there with him as well, just in case that there could be incidents as well. I was I was told that there possibly would be phone non-stop and kids were small and they wouldn't drop the phone either. And daddy was going to be killed, and the house was going to be burned, and oh there was lots of things going to be done to me. Of course, when I picked the phone myself and asked the speaker to could I meet him on his own anywhere he wanted, uh, he he wouldn't be too long about leaving down the phone, but ah, uh, there was there was a good bit of that for a while, yeah. Would have lasted up to Christmas, and and and, and after Christmas, if one of the girls has answered the phone, is is your daddy a referee? And they'd say, of course, straight out, he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell him that we're going to come and get him, and we'll kill him, and you'll have no daddy. And by the way, if you don't kill, if you don't tell him, we'll kill you as well. And there was a lot more than that, and lots of lots of different things came. burning down the house. that were going doing that, of course, and. They were going to burn on the care. And didn't they get me anywhere? They they knew me from television. They were going to get me anywhere. They'd get me at some stage along the line. I was going to be got.
7: Fergus, 2E, Castle, County Clare. But uh, we proceeded then to get the bus in and uh, into into town. And we had a bit of grub in the Burlington. And a few more pints. And I you know, obviously everyone was talking about the two or three minutes. That the referee had blown up. But um, we, we thought we were... We were drinking so much that we felt we were in an all ireland semi-final or an all ireland final and uh, I remember Joe Locknane coming into the bar then around uh, 11 o'clock and he and, he, and uh, I happened to share the lift with him going up then and he told and he me that the game was on next Saturday after coming back from a meeting that night how well, he had met Don Corleone and the whole lot and uh, there were his words and it was going to be sorted and, and Lynch was back and so maybe you know with the thought of Lynch being back we've we thought we would be unstoppable but. but
3: Colin Lynch never came back
4: we went back to the the spa hotel we started off talking anyway about training and the replay next week and um the lads were talking about training the next morning and uh one or two of us were saying that not much point in training the next morning, lads. There won't be a replay on this anyway. I said, "No, we're going to train. We're going to get the replay and all that." And it developed into an actual argument and a whole lot. And I just remember that there was one lads were saying this and the other lads were saying that, and it just developed into a row fueled by a, a three or four pounds and, and this that and the other. But we had left. We had left the meeting. The meeting just broke up, and we, we left the meeting with the thing that was training the next morning at um, four, three or four in the evening. I think it was.
7: We trained in, and we went out to the Belfield, there at the university, the following morning to do a bit of running. And we did it under the guidance of Mike Mack. And we came back with another shower, went inside the Burlington, got a bus down, stopped in the Puccine Still, had a steak dinner, hopped on the bus again. So it was a duration to come home. It mightn't have been the best preparation for us a week later, like, because we should, probably should have flew down. And, you know, I'd say we were on the road the bones of seven hours. 'cause it was it was it was lashing rain, it was hailstone hopping off the, the ra- off the window that day. We, we 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 were very flat in very flat in, in Turlus. You know, some some of the guys did play well now I, pers- I personally didn't play well and uh, very flat and I think Johnny Doody in the corner cost havoc as well. I think he scored about seven or eight points and maybe he could have done with a change as well but that didn't happen
4: we're here in Bar. you have the whole of north of Offaly who are absolutely kind of mad supporters, to follow Offaly in the, in the good and the take times, they're, they're very, they're, there's hurling up there but it's mainly football and you had them all coming down through Bar, flowing on, horns beeping, blowing at nine, ten o'clock in the morning on down to Tarlis. Um, Into Torlis, and I mean it was just a party the atmosphere there in Torles. The the square was packed and there was a traffic jam coming into Tarlis at two hours before the match. So we got a bit of a police escort into the square. You know, just the crowds of awfully people were just banging and clapping and, and the whole lot, you know. We just seemed to feed off it. I mean and we went into side uh, side room of the of, of the hotel and up and we had our we had our sandwiches and we had our tea. We had a discussion what was going on ahead, out again and back up and the Crowds of people there. You just—it was just something very, very special. But it was a very special day for awfully people, and maybe it was because it wasn't just probably Daffly hurlers that were going down there. This was really probably one of the first days where you Daffly county because we wouldn't have got a replay unless the people didn't sit in the field. And the fact that they did sit in the field meant that you know the authorities there, the GA uh, authorities, could have just said. Right, he played three minutes up, you know, three, but listen, we, we'll go ahead with it, you know. But the fact that they, they had, um, they had uh, sat in the field um, really pushed it home, and, I mean, it brought it to the rest of the, the country's attention as well. So this all came down and, and into Torlis and, and that, and we went out. I mean, again, one, another, uh, uh, probably the best game of the three. It's not that awfully were any better. I mean, what people have to realise that at the end of three matches... You add up the scores, the scores were still level. You know, they were three points ahead. We won by three points in 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 in, in Tarlis, you know. But it was to be our day. I mean, Stephen Burns as well made three two, three fantastic saves. Where another day, you know, um Claire would have got them, but it just wasn't to be their day, you know. After that, I mean you come home, you the back into bar, horns and that car's still going through, blowing, blowing all day, you know, for, you know, so from about maybe eight, nine o'clock in the morning till 10, 11 at night, it was just, it was one, probably, probably the most special day that definitely, Hurling has, well, definitely my, my time for atmosphere and, and everything. But what it was, it was the, the, the special thing about it was, was that, that this time, because the people had sat in the field, they probably felt, that, you know, they had a part to play in it. You know, it was just that special thing. And, I mean, we were never we were never going to lose the All-Ireland after that. We were never, Kilkenny were never going to beat us. Um, and it was a strange one. I never felt at any stage in the Kilkenny match that we were in trouble. Although that way in the All-Ireland, although we were only, we were three or four points behind with, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes to go or 15 minutes to go. But at no stage where I did I feel Kilkenny were going to beat us.
11: Good work again by Canis Brennan. John Ryan, the number 21 in there alongside Brian Whelan. He has had a wonderful match once again after a shaky start.
4: So, I mean, we know absolutely no fear and Kenny.
11: The switch has worked well. And Michael Bond, the man from Galway who came in late in the season, looks to be on the verge of an All-Ireland success. Mulhair has Kevin Martin there to assist him.
4: So we were never going to lose. I mean, the big the big trouble probably was in, in say Munster, probably Clare, we got over them. Handy. <laughs>
11: Back down again, Hubert Rigley it's all over. And again the Champions from 1998.
3: There was never a summer like 98. We've seen ourselves in those games, bile and anger, passion and humor and bravery. A man sitting alone in a dressing room. There were prices paid that shimmering summer. Some prices beyond us.
2: Hubert Rigney.
11: It's a glorious moment for Offley, for their captain Hubert Rigney. The Liam McCarthy Cup is won by Offley. Champions for the fourth time ever.
3: And Offley came through the back door they'd voted against.
11: Billy Dooley in
3: there took the Royal Ireland
11: Johnny Pilkington as well.
3: and being Dave awfully voted against it again the following year. No, there was never a year like '98.
11: We may have come in through the back door we a gun out the front.
0: You could lead him with a tread, but you couldn't drive him with an iron bell.